You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongies. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Welcome, welcome to the Georgia-Florida show this week, guys. It is uh, always a big deal. Uh, dogs, Gators, doesn't matter if the dogs are historically huge favorites or not. We'll get into that. We'll get into a new Georgia commitment and all things dogs as uh, the end of that Georgia bye week comes to an end. Jake Rowe, fresh off of the hayride. I'm sure he picked a few prize-winning pumpkins at the fall festival. Palmer Toms played 800 holes of golf over the week so uh we're ready to get back into it guys i know i know i'm ready for a game Uh, i watched uh i watched bits and pieces i had a little get together at my house on saturday and somebody kept turning the tv off made me angry uh uh i was uh i was wondering i was like man come on guys now we gotta quit turning this television off there's college football on um i cooked this food we're leaving the tv on so you guys can chill out what did y'all uh, think about the weekend's games? I didn't catch much of it either, to be honest. Uh, I got to watch a little bit of the end of LSU and Ole Miss, and boy, oh boy, did LSU kind of get wild um, on them there at the end. I watched that a little bit of that Alabama-Mississippi State game, watched a little bit of the Oregon-UCLA um, game. You know, I, I thought in a lot of ways, most instances, the favorites just kind of, you know, put their foot down um most of the time i mean you had that clemson syracuse thing all i know is i went four and oh this week so i went on four so congrats to you yeah i think i, uh, I, think I went two and two right there in the middle yeah we had a we had a four and oh two two and twos and one oh and four the uh the lsu thing just it surprised me it, it surprised me to see lsu as favorites to begin with and then to see the final score was even more shocking i mean i i have not been able to figure out brian kelly's Tiger family all season, but it looks like they're figuring things out. I am a Yeah, I was like Jake, got to catch a little bit of those uh marquee matchups, Syracuse, Clemson, uh, you know, some of that game. Ole Miss LSU flipped back and forth between that and Oregon, uh, UCLA, um, you know, catching some of that in between golf and going to the beach. Uh, came back, watched the end of uh, Oklahoma State, Texas. Watched the beginning of that Alabama, Mississippi State beatdown, um, and you know caught caught bits and pieces. Uh, kept up with it. One thing I do know coming out of this weekend, um, you know, that the Georgia's wins are looking a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Oregon, South Carolina, both undefeated since playing Georgia. Uh, both have have been rolling, and so. Um, you know, Shane Beamer's got those boys playing good football. Dan Lanning's got those boys playing good football. Uh, two top 25 teams now. Um, you know, th- that schedule 
that, that a lot of people have, have harped on being not all that great looking a lot better now. Uh, our comment section, great as well. It's elite. Uncle Glenn Hartley says, time to take down the Gators. Andy Stowe says, LSU is going to beat Bama. We'll see about that. Uh, if LSU can stay consistent, I think that might could happen, but we will see. Uh, Matthew C. says, let's get Florida hate week started the right way. You know what those letters mean if you're a Georgia fan. And mean mug and mutt, uh, I guess bagged a, a, a trophy buck over the weekend, I'm assuming here. Um, yeah, guys, uh, when you look at Georgia this week, though, um, I, I don't care that Georgia's 22-point favorites. Uh, the, the biggest since 95, I think I read today. Um, we've seen some weird things happen in Jacksonville, and I don't know if this is necessarily the year for it, but uh, Kirby Smart had to address, you know, hey, are you worried about your team looking past the Gators before you play Tennessee? And uh, I think it's a legitimate question. I think it's kind of a crazy circumstance that even leads us to ask it. Uh, but what are y'all's expectations for how Georgia is going to come out of this bye week, knowing what you know about the team so far? Well, I mean, I watched them come out of a bye last year and probably play as sloppy in the first quarter as as they had played to that point maybe in the entire season. Um, so I don't necessarily know that you can just assume that they're going to come out cracking out of the bye week. Now, I will say this. They went in with some momentum. I expect them to come out with the same momentum, and I still expect – I still completely expect Georgia to be healthier. Um, I think they're at least going to get Smile Munden back. I still think Jalen Carter's got a good chance to come back. I uh, also still believe that, uh, that that A.D. Mitchell is is kind of there on the cusp as well. But um, it's hard to say you expect a, you know them to come out with their hair on fire or anything like that because I know they'll be preaching that whole composure and – and and you know that that type physicality, of physicality toughness yeah physicality toughness composure yada 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 but um, I do expect them to come out uh, and be more healthy and to you know at the very least kind of match what they went in with which was which was a pretty focused effort against Vanderbilt. What's up, Jake? Welcome into the show, man. We're just uh, you know kind I'm of sorry, looking. I'm over here tweeting a link out right now, so I was a little distracted. Oh no, I appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, when you when you look at this this Georgia team, Jake, and we were talking about Georgia's strength of schedule, you know, as far as the playoff committee is concerned, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that's what they really like to look at is the strength of schedule. And Georgia handles its business against Florida. Tennessee handles its business against Kentucky. You know, I, I still wonder, you know, what the committee might say about it. But uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, Jake Roos uh, – some big news today. We'll just start right there. I mean, that's the most newsworthy thing is the commitment of Chris Peel, uh, four-star 2023 cornerback. Uh, tell us about this kid and why Georgia loved him so much. Well, you got to go back to uh, Fran Brown on this one. I think that that's really the key component here. Uh, uh, Fran was on him at Rutgers and then transitioned that over to Georgia. And since he arrived on the staff, has made this kid a major priority. Uh, out of Providence Day School up there in Charlotte, one of the top premier programs in the state. And, um, you know, they love this kid for uh, all the reasons you might expect. I mean, he's a total package. I went and watched the film on this guy, six foot one, uh, 190 pounds, um, plays physically uh, for the position, um, you know, has great speed, plays both ways on, uh, on, on the team. Uh, it has really effective on the offensive side as he is on the defensive side, great ups, 
uh, really active hands, um, uh, big football IQ as well. So I, I liked everything that I saw on tape for sure. Uh, understand why Georgia prioritized him so highly. Michigan uh, probably hurt to lose that one. South Carolina felt like they were maybe in it a little bit as well. But uh, this was a big get for Georgia, a guy that they'd spent a lot of time uh, and resources on. Uh, I really think they have to be happy with the addition of Chris Peel in this 2023 class. What's the uh, what's the story on Fran Brown? I mean, we raved about him this offseason when Georgia hired him and everything he was bringing to the job. But it seems like he's really fitting in well with Georgia's staff. And he, he was a great recruiter at Rutgers, and he's not really missing a beat. What makes him tick? You know, the kids, I think, feel like he's just really relatable. <clears throat> I mean, he's a young guy. He's a guy who is, uh, you know, relentless in his recruiting. And he's unafraid. And that's the kind of the coolest thing about him, I think. I mean, this guy was a guy from Rutgers, all right? So we're talking New Jersey, dipping into South Florida. And I talked to a couple of coaches down there who said, you know, this kid has connected with our kids. And it's about authenticity when you're talking about Fran Brown. He's really stood out to our guys because of the way that he connects, the way that he cares about them. And, um, you know, that's something that pays a lot of dividends. Georgia was searching for a presence in South Florida after James Coley left. And uh, I, I think uh, this is the kind of guy that you have to get um, who can get down there and connect with those coaches, those programs and uh, these high level players. And, and uh, you know, I think that he's able to go down there, get a guy like Daniel Harris uh, to commit to the dogs. You know, I, I think that Georgia has a bright future down there, but also just a bright future at that cornerback spot because Fran Brown's the guy heading it up. You can watch uh, the highlights on the screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and if you're listening on our podcast platforms, be sure to check out dogshq.com. There's a lot on Chris Peel for free. Uh, we've got a link to his huddle highlights that uh, Jake Rowe put together. But there's also some premium stuff that you can still access for one year for one dollar. Uh, got a couple questions coming in here. Uh, SWGAEUC. Not sure what that stands for, but Southwest Georgia. I don't know what the other. Part yeah, is. I don't know what the EUC <laughs> is. Uh, he's asking, is that six cornerbacks in the class? Uh, it's six defensive backs for sure. Um, you know, I think that they've really prioritized that in this group and. Listen, I, I think it's fair to say that Kirby's going to continue to do that moving forward. I think that, you know, he understands the value with everybody moving toward these pass-first offenses that, uh, you know, the secondary brings. And so you better have the best of the best. Um, you know, Janelle Aguero, uh, more of a safety type back there. Um, so I don't think you got to worry about him. And then looking around at this group, you got to think that maybe there's one of these guys who possibly transitions over to safety. Um, I know Charles Power the director of rankings and uh, scouting over uh, on three has said, you know, maybe AJ Harris takes that route. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that that'll be the case, but it's been mentioned. And um, I, I think with at least one of these guys, they probably trend toward a safety. Um, you know, Georgia is going to, like I said, recruit the best of the best. If six corners is what can help them, and they feel like all six of those guys can play. They'll bring them in. They'll let practice sort it out. If it, some of them need to leave and find greener pastures, then that's fine too. Um, but they're going to go ahead and keep this uh, defensive back room stocked for sure. One last question before we move on to the uh, game at hand. Uncle Glenn Hartley asking if more is a flip watch and uh, some other questions coming in wondering, you know, 
any Georgia DBs on transfer alert because of all the DBs that Georgia seems interested in taking in this cycle. I mean, it's the reality of college football right now. I think anybody could theoretically be a transfer uh, alert, but uh, the cream just continues to rise to the crop. Do you see any uh, any issues there or anyone that may be on the outside looking in at first glance right now? Issues are inevitable. I mean, it's like you said, Wes, it's, that's just how the game goes. And so, you know, guys are probably going to be considering all options. Uh, I certainly haven't heard anything that makes me feel that way. Um, And, you know, the great thing about what Georgia does back there is they rotate a lot of guys in. So you've seen a lot of Daylon Everett this year. You've seen a pretty fair amount of Jaheim Singletary uh, in the, uh, in the instances that you would expect to, you know, um, maybe Julian Humphrey's a guy you'd like to see a little bit more of, uh, that's possible, I guess. Ja'Cory Thomas is somebody I would like to see moving forward. I don't know if we'll get the chance to see that. Um, but, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily uh, anything immediate. I, I'm not worried about any of those guys off of the bat. I think that Georgia recruits guys who understand kind of what they're up against and, um, you know, that opportunity that can come if you're able to break through. Uh, Julian Humphrey is a guy who definitely stands out to me in that way. I think that he's a good player and a guy who is probably willing to wait his turn. Um, fast as hell. Everything we've heard about him. Yeah, fast as fast as all get out. No question about it. Uh, Palmer and Rowe, you guys have been keeping track of Georgia's freshman snap counts and everything this season. And, and like Jake Roos mentioned, uh, the rotation in Georgia's defensive secondary, how do you expect Georgia could use not just Peel – uh, but any one of these guys moving forward based on how you've seen the evolution of Kirby Smart's defense now that he has been able to stack these super deep uh, secondaries in this program? Well, he, he you also have to recruit for different positions, and, and I'm sure that you know that's something they're doing. They're, they recruit guys, I think, they know that can – sorry, that can help them out in dime, that can help them out in nickel – at that star position. And then, you know, they, they obviously want depth. And then they, they haven't been above playing three guys at corner. I mean, they did it a couple of two or three years ago with Eric Stokes and D, uh, DJ Daniel and and uh, and uh, Tyson Campbell. They're doing it a tad bit now uh, with Dalen Everett working there in, in at corner with uh, Kamari Lasseter. And it's almost like they've got a, like a little rolling thunder type deal going with their cornerback position where – you know, they, they say goodbye to one, and then they bring one in, and then they're not really having to replace two at the same time. I guess they had to do that last year a little bit, um, you know, when they had Darian Kendrick to kind of come in and save the day there. But uh, I think more than anything, you just you just get as many big, long, fast guys in there. You get them to compete. Um, you The ones that can't compete kind of – or the ones that don't want a job, you try to maybe find a role for them and get as many of those guys in-house as you possibly can because – you know, the transfer portal, to, portal is going to take them whether you've got four extra or two extra uh, guys back there. Uh, and, you know, Georgia had that happen with Tyreek Stevenson. They had it – got hit really hard in the secondary there, you know, for a whole cycle um, by the transfer portal. So, I think you just got to go in and get as many of those big, fast guys as you can possibly get. Yeah, those guys are – and those guys are your special teams aces in a lot of cases. I mean, you know, you, you're talking about guys who are, you know, in a lot of cases six foot or better <laughs> – 190 pounds or better with a lot of speed and a lot of field awareness. I mean, those guys and, and track speed, uh, a lot of times in your defensive backs, uh, <clears> those, <throat> those guys can get down there and make a tackle on the, uh, uh, on that side of uh, the special teams for sure. Um, it's just never a bad thing. And so they, they understand the importance. And I think that of all the positions on the field, 
if Kirby has extra spots ever, if it's felt like it's trended towards spinning toward uh, uh, defensive backs. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, and and like Rose said, with, with these defensive backs that you've got multiple positions, you really have three positions in the secondary that Georgia has, they, they treat star as a separate position. Um, you know, they, they work with the safeties, they work with the corners some. Um, and, and so you're pulling from a pool of guys that are being recruited to play safety, to play corner. Uh, you, you want to bring in as many of those guys as possible. Javon Bullard was a corner coming out of high school. Um, you know, it was, was very much recruited in that corner class, considered part of a corner uh, in, in his recruiting class, he's not playing true corner for Georgia. So you want to bring in, like we, like R- Roos said, long, fast guys that, that you can, you know, have on your special teams, have on your depth chart. And, and looking at Georgia, I mean, I do think it would not surprise me if somebody were to transfer, but they don't have a ton of guys at corner already. Um, they really don't have a ton of depth in this secondary as a whole. Um, routinely, they are taking – fewer guys on, on 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 road trips than i've seen before uh we've seen darris smith working with the with the secondary somebody that was recruited to play outside linebacker that, that probably is more of an outside linebacker edge rusher uh than he is a, a player in the secondary so georgia needs these guys in the, in the secondary they're going to lose a couple uh not a surprise but they, they're also going to lose some to the nfl they may lose some to the transfer portal uh, but they certainly need to be bringing them in and, and refilling that room constantly. Let oh. Derek Smith play safety, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> give give that six foot giant, give that six foot five giant just running his uh, track winning uh, four hundred meter times. Uh, let him play safety back there in the deep field for you. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It, not only is it Kirby Smart's forte. But looking at the offenses that Georgia has to defend uh, against, especially the one coming up in a couple of weeks, that's what you got to just stack up, stack it up. Uh, and, and that's what Kirby loves to do. Let's look at Georgia and Florida this week, guys. <laughs> what, what can Florida do? Can Florida win this game? And if they do win it, what's going to have to happen? I don't let Roger's point it this way, and I don't even know what he was doing. <laughs> Just tossing it. You're muted. Now you're muted. He doesn't even want to talk about he it. He doesn't even want to talk about that. I do. I do. I was just, I was working on something real quick. So I was trying to, <laughs> this, I was, I should have been pointing to this guy right here. I, I'll be honest, I haven't done a ton of digging into Florida, um, ready to do a little bit of it this week. Really haven't watched a ton of their games this year. Um, you know, don't know a ton about this team. So, um, you know, based on what I've seen uh, and, and the general expectation, no, I'm not expecting Florida to win this game. Uh, could they win it? Yeah, it's a rivalry game. I think that you have to always consider that, uh, the, the emotional side of this game. So uh, do I think they could win it? Yes. Do I think they will win it? No. And and the reasoning behind that, I'll I'll 
uh, further develop that this week. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just chomping at the bit because we haven't talked about a game in a few days. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the peanut gallery has definitely weighed in. This is Florida Super Bowl, Mean Mug and Mutt no says. No question. Uh, Lee Munger says it's a very questionable might. And Georgia would need to be as undisciplined as Bama for Florida to have a chance of winning. And I don't know if Georgia's shown that. Georgia is the best team in the conference when it comes to penalties. So it would need a very uncharacteristic performance. AR-15 will have to rush for 100 yards, says Andy Stell. I think all these things are what Florida fans would love to see if it can happen. I'm just not counting on it, uh, especially not against this very disciplined, uh, but also no-name, deep Georgia defense. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I'll I'll say that. I mean, it's – you know, Florida's got some good athletes. They don't have a lot of them. Um, six out of their first seven games have been played at home this year, which is pretty wild. They played one game away from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and that was against Tennessee. Didn't turn out too good for them. Uh, but they, um, you know, Florida's got a, Florida's got some athleticism, and Florida's got some size, and it's kind of sprinkled in a little bit. Um, reminds me a little bit of that you know, 2016 Georgia team um, that, you know, wasn't a very good team, but could kind of rise up and maybe, you know, maybe swing back at you a little bit um, if if it came focused and ready to play. And, you know, this I think Florida's kind of battling some of that as well. This guy's almost lost to Nickel State. Yeah. And what do those two teams have in common, this Florida team and that 2016 Georgia team? First-year head coaches. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt. And that's, that's one of the reasons I drew that parallel is because you're trying to change a culture. You're trying to do some things completely different. I mean, listen, I'd like to see Nickel State play – that Nickel State play, team played South Florida this year because, sure. you know, Florida almost lost to South Florida at home. Um, you know, that Georgia team was weird, though. I mean, they beat a pretty decent, you know, top quarterback there in the first game of the season in the Georgia Dome. They – uh, beat a ranked Auburn team at the end of the year, but they lost to Georgia Tech and they lost to you know Georgia's uh, lost to uh, Vanderbilt. So it was just a crazy, crazy season. But I do think that is one of the one of the things that that this team reminds me of. And and I think that Georgia can get you know Georgia can get tripped up if it goes out there and plays real sloppy. I think the the big thing about Georgia versus this Florida <laughs> team, uh, and really it's been the story for Florida all year is sort of so so the way Anthony Richardson goes, so the game goes in a lot of regards. And if George, if George is effective at stopping him, then I don't think Florida has much of any chance, uh, personally. Now, if he's able to get the legs loose, he's able to stretch plays out, you know, they're going to give themselves a better position. But And he's an incredible athlete, so that's possible. But I don't think that it's a situation where they've got enough guys around him necessarily uh, to – uh, excuse, you know, what's going to happen under center. And so really it boils down to the quarterback play. For that reason, I, I just don't feel very good for Florida's chances. i uh, got a couple questions here that I'll just take because I think the answers are we're going to have to wait and see. But Matthew C. asking if uh, Jalen Carter will be back for the cocktail party. We haven't heard anything. And, and I, if I had to guess, we're going to hear the same Kirby Smart routine that we hear most weeks is that we don't know yet, and we'll find out uh, leading up to it. If I'm wrong, y'all jump in and correct me. Um, and if he needs a little more time, I say push him to push him to Tennessee, man. I mean, if he if the kid's at eighty percent, I mean Georgia's done fine without him yeah, <laughs> so far. Hundred for the balls. 
Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, Andy Stowe. This one was interesting. Who's a better play caller, Dan Mullen or Billy Napier? And I don't know if we've gotten enough, uh, a big enough sample size on Billy Napier to figure that out yet. I think he's still trying to figure out how to navigate some situations, situational play calling in the SEC. I think the end of that Tennessee game was uh, a good example of that. But like Palmer said earlier, I'll admit I have not watched much Florida since that Tennessee game, caught some of the South Florida game, caught some of the Utah game to start the season. But uh, Florida kind of an enigma to me personally at this point in the year. Well, being a great play caller does not a great head coach make. Uh, so I'm not saying that Billy Napier is not going to be a better head coach than Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's a better play caller. I mean, Dan Mullen hangs his hat on that. Dan Mullen got Florida to an SEC championship game with, you know, pretty bad culture. You know, like, I mean, without really all that, because he kind of put together an offense that was really, really incredibly tough to stop. Now, he, he picked the wrong quarterback like three times before he got to the right one. Uh, but I mean, you know, Dan Mullen's a really good office of mine, really good play caller. I, w- I would take him over play. If you're just looking for an OC, I'd take him over Billy Napier, but then you got to consider the fact that Billy Napier actually likes to recruit. So it's a, it's a little more nuanced in terms of who you would want, but put me, give me a game, plays to call, plays to, you know, a game plan to put together. I'll take Dan Mullen. All I, right, I think uh, if you could get 80% of the play caller Dan Mullen is. Uh, with a hundred percent of the recruiter Billy Napier has been, yeah. I think I think a lot of Florida fans would settle for that. That'd be a pretty formidable coach. All right, uh, let's wrap this up really quick tonight, guys. A lot uh, developing in this game as the week goes on. So go ahead and hit subscribe, follow the show uh, on our YouTube channel and on the podcast platforms if you're catching this on a replay. But let's jump into some dog stocks with what we know about Georgia right now. Uh, stock up, stock down for you guys. I'll get the party started here. I'm going to say stock down on uh, on rest for this crew, but also for the dogs. Obviously, uh, the bye week was important for this team, but watching Kentucky, uh, watching Tennessee, you know how good they are already, um, and Florida, of course, but also you know Mississippi State. I don't know if that's necessarily the the tough game that we thought it was a couple weeks ago, but it's still on the road, so that doesn't really change my mind much. Uh, just based on what they did against Alabama at Alabama, coming off that loss to Tennessee. Uh, so rest, stock down. Uh, not a lot of Z's around the Buttsmere Building and the House of Pain for the Dogs. It is uh, the home stretch, and it's time to figure out who this team really is. Yeah, I'm going to go stock up on Georgia's schedule. Uh, we've, you know, like Palmer pointed out earlier, South Carolina's now in the AP poll. Uh, Oregon's looking good. Um, you know, Vanderbilt and, and uh, Missouri cannibalized each other over the weekend, just two mules fighting over a turnip. It was, it was, I mean, it was really, really ugly. Look like, I mean, I'd rather I, it, watch that to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, it looked like – I mean, it looked like two deformed birds fighting over a worm. I mean, it was bad. But uh, it was entertaining. And uh, – but – so, yeah, it's, you got that. And then you got Tennessee, obviously. You know, Tennessee gets another win. Kentucky, I believe, must have been off this week. Um, I didn't notice them playing. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they, they were. were. I can't remember. Uh, they they got, were on. They've got Tennessee coming up. 
Uh, so, you know, they get a little bit more cannibalization in the schedule. And then, like you said, West Mississippi State may not be as strong as we thought. Still, you know, going to be still a about those cool, cowbells. Yeah, still about those cowbells and that weird, you know, like you said, that weird stadium there in Starkville. So, um, I think Georgia's overall schedule, not just the last four games or not just those four games in November or three games in November, but those uh, just overall, I think, looks a little stronger today than maybe it looked three or four weeks ago. I'll go stock down on our communication because that's exactly what I was going to say. Stock up on is Georgia's schedule. Um, so in place of that, stock down on my golf. I game. would say stock up. No, I'd say stock up on our ability to be on the same wavelength. Palmer, yeah, spin, yeah. Zone. spin zone. <laughs> stock, stock down on my golf game. Not not very good at golf. <laughs> uh, fighting over a turnip. That counts as uh, entertainment in Atkinson County for sure. So uh, let's, uh, I'm going to go stock up on Fran Brown, man. Uh, look at the cornerback uh, room this guy has built in this 2023 class. First season with these dogs. Uh, really impressed with the job that this guy has done. Um, I think that uh, he's really knocked it out of the park. Georgia not missed on a lot of guys that they really zeroed in on in this group. Dare say that it may be stacking up right now with uh, Glenn Schumann's insane haul at inside linebacker. I mean, uh, you've got some really, really good players there. The lone five-star commit, a guy who committed to uh, Fran Brown in that cornerback room uh, at A.J. Harris. So stock up big, big on uh, Georgia's uh, cornerbacks. Coach. Uncle Glenn says stock up on Dogs HQ. I love that, Uncle Glenn. Agreed. Uncle Glenn is the uh, the fun uncle that always joins the show and – uh, gives you the candy that your your parents say you can't have for Halloween. That's fun, Uncle Glenn. And stock up on Breaking Tea. We tell you about it every week, but the shirts are still there. They're not going anywhere. You definitely need a new one for this home stretch of the Georgia season. The link to Breaking Tea, complete with the NIL uh, partnership on a few Georgia players here. The mailman, Brock Bowers, Christopher Smith, and the Big O. Might be time to... Get a few new guys in there breaking tea. We'll talk to them and see what they can do about that. But the shirts are still sweet regardless. Uh, the stock continues to rise on breaking tea. The link in the episode description of this episode on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Y'all subscribe. Leave us a kind review in the comments no matter where you're watching or listening. We always appreciate you. All right, y'all. We will have much more on this channel later on in the week as we hear from Kirby Smart, hear from some Georgia players and actually have some real substance to talk about here. And uh, maybe we'll get into some good old fashioned Georgia, Florida memories from years past. I know we all have some good ones, some good stories, things we've seen from the game and from the fans themselves. It always gets a little wild down there in Jacksonville guys uh, for the Jakes and Palmer. I'm West Blankenship. Y'all have a great week. We'll catch you soon. Buckle up taco Lou. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.